It's Saturday. Time once again for the highlight of the week for at least two people I know of. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East from the United Kingdom in the affluent suburb of Surrey known as Guilford. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm here in Gitmo Nation West, as we like to call it. Actually, northern Silicon Valley. Also San Francisco Bay Area. Also California. I'm John C. Dvorak. Hell. Hey now. Oh my. Hey, John. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing better than those guys who invested with that that uh, Ponzi scheme guy who's been apparently in business for 40 years. Isn't that fantastic? I I love that story. And you know, it's like, yeah, this is the only guy. This is the only guy doing it. <laughs> Please. Well, the only guy has done it that long and managed to do it to the tune of 50 billion dollars. This guy, if anyone hasn't followed the story, you should. Uh, Here, I'll get his name. Ma- yeah, you got Bernard say. Madoff. Uh, he was the he was the SEC chairman, wasn't he? At one point? No, I think he was head of Nasdaq. Oh, Nasdaq, that's right. Yeah, and he, uh, but he was notorious. He was a lot of people consider him the father the father of modern Wall Street. Yeah, well, my case in point. Yeah, there you have it. There's the, there it is summarized. And but if you talk to these uh, guys in the business. This is essentially, and I mentioned this on the blog, this is almost the same thing as, in terms of what a, what a letdown this was, this is kind of like people discovering that Mother Teresa was a hooker. <laughs> I love that analogy. Spot on. That's exactly right. Or that Obama was involved with Chicago mobsters. I mean, that kind of stuff, it could just set you off, you know, really disappointing. <laughs> really, really no. could disappoint you. So yeah. I'm look. So while we're on that topic, I mean, anyway, apparently everybody, you know, there's a b- bunch of people. Just it looks like they're going to lose their shirts. Well, what, hap- what happened though is the guy's conscience got the better of him, and he gave himself up. We're uh, here's what we're, here's what some people are thinking. Okay, they were closing in on him. Yeah, because he was getting too many redemptions because of the economic situation. Yeah, explain re- explain redemption how that works with a hedge fund because not everybody knows. You have you're cashing out. Right, uh, but it takes what you can't cash. You, you can't just go up and say, "Hey, I want my money." The, you, the, there is a process involved, and it yeah, takes you, a, you know. You can you if you have money. a Senate seat for sale. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you get your. You can only if he doesn't. At some point, he's, he's essentially going to run out of money because his old game was to nobody redeemed because he always had these great returns. So you kept accumulating more money, which never really yeah, existed. So let me just explain that part really quick. So he would take like I'll just give make it simple a million dollars from someone. And then he would return maybe $200,000 profit at the end of the year, but it wasn't actually because of his investments. It's because he got another 200 people to join up and give him $200 million. He it's was a Ponzi t- scheme. Ponzi scheme, right. So he's ta- the- taking the new money and, and paying it off as if he was being successful. By the way, let's – just as an aside here, uh, before I go into the theory about this guy, uh, I want to read you a paragraph from The Big Money – which was published in uh, – uh, it's from Slate magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm just – I'm wondering, is there any editors or does this guy know what he's talking about? Uh, uh, big, big, from any, Big Money, is that a column? What is that? It's it's a website called TheBigMoney.com. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Let me just read this. Uh, this is Mark uh, – I can't pronounce his name, Gamain or G-I-M-E-I-N, but anyway, uh, and this is the first graph. Bernard Madoff, one of Wall Street's best-known brokers and money managers, was arrested, blah, blah, blah. The whole thing was, as the criminal complaint quotes Madoff himself saying, basically a giant Ponzi scheme. 
And then he and then he finishes the sentence with this, in which investors who wanted their money back got paid with earlier investors' money. No, that would be later investors' money. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, a, dumb. I mean, that's a Ponzi scheme. Is you you know you pay with newer people coming in. That's how it works. You don't pay with earlier investors' money. That's a that that's a legitimate business. Uh, uh, yeah, that, so exactly. I'm, that would that would be like an investment business, right? <laughs> so it's like. Okay, so I'm starting off with the first paragraph of this analysis, and they, and this is what you define as a Ponzi scheme. I'm thinking, do we have, you know, did, does he know? Or did does just he know anything? Yeah, exactly. I think it may have been a just an, you know, kind of a a, a, a stumble. Writers, you know, you do something, you know, we've, but the, I thought to be an editor or somebody picked this up had been changed by now. Anyway, so this this thinking goes as follows. There was gonna, it was gonna, this thing was gonna collapse because of the economy right now, and he couldn't possibly redeem. I think he had 17 billion. Yeah, because everyone uh, wanted their money back, and they were waiting. So he he knew there was no way he could do it. He couldn't get any more capital in to even pretend. So supposedly, he told his two sons that it was a Ponzi scheme, and he and he was gonna not. He's gonna turn himself in in a week after he gave his after he gave what little money was left to some of his employees who could use a Christmas bonus or something like that. Yeah, like a hundred million, he was gonna give a, his last hundred million to his employees and family. Yeah. So the two boys said, "Oh, this is unbelievable," and so they turned him in. <laughs> now, the thinking is, of course, is that the boys were, were in on it. Potentially, allegedly, perhaps. Right. And get uh, them some. And this whole thing was a gambit uh, to get them off the hook. Right. He wasn't intending on giving anybody any money whatsoever. I mean, whatever money's been, you know, squirreled away for people is long since, you know, in Switzerland. And uh, so perhaps the idea was to save, you know, his sons from getting caught up in what's going to happen to getting him. Getting nicked, is, yeah. Get, it better, I mean, it's yeah. going to be jail. Yeah. For him, for sure. After what they did to Martha Stewart. <laughs> you watch. <laughs> you just watch. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah, that was front page of the Financial Times, obviously for this weekend. So everyone's all over that. You're right. It's uh, you should pick up a copy of Barons this weekend. I'm sure it's filled with all kinds of fun facts. That's kind of the the National yeah. Enquirer of the financial industry. Barons magazine comes out on the weekend. Fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. You got burned. Fun facts. Apparently, a lot of endowments and a lot of hedge funds, and a, I mean, there's just apparently just oh, man. endless the number of rich people in Palm Beach, Florida. Here's one for you, John. Uh, and we we just got back from the the Terrace House, the new uh, the new place, and we uh, we had spent some time with the uh, with our new handyman. It's good if you can get one of those. This guy. Was oh yeah, a, no, I, I've had a handyman. Yeah. So and, you have, actually have a name for this place, the Terrace uh, House. Curry Terrace is what it is. <clears throat> okay. It's it's a terrace house. Are you, are you familiar with the concept? No, I mean I've heard of it. I never thought much about it. Uh, tell us what a terrace house well, is. Well, it's your very typical English house, which um, you know stands in a row with other terrace houses, and you step up like uh, five or six steps to go into the front door. That you can also go down to the left and around in the front. That you can go into the basement level, um, and it's Victorian, is what it is. And are they are the houses stuck next to each other? Yes, yes. No, it's it's one long row, really, okay. you know, big. So there may be like six in a row or something like that. And uh -huh. it's okay. called it's called the terrace house. And we have the coveted end of terrace house, which means you're on one end of it. So you only have neighbors on one side, and uh, which means you have a view out of the front and out of the back, or well, certainly out of the back. 
Anyway, so the handyman, uh, he's been with this house for uh, many, many years, which is good. You know, cause he, uh, it's his house. Exactly. And he, and he, he did the, the most recent remodeling with all the new plumbing and everything. So he knows, he knows how everything works. He's got, you know, all the bugs. He knows where it is. So that's great. And he says something to me that, uh, that I, I was like, really? And, uh, here it is on, uh, page two, the inside, way at the bottom in fine, small, tiny print of the Financial Times. The United Kingdom has experienced its coldest start to winter in more than 30 years, experts said yesterday. There you go, my friend. Global, global warming, global at, its warming at its finest. Actually, I'm supposed to be up in Washington today, but I'm not because the the coldest front ever to hit the state. The, I know. Predicted to be the coldest days ever in Washington State are today. And there's an ice storm on the East Coast. That's global warming for you. Oh, We're yeah, all going to die. And it's snowing in Houston. It was yeah. snowing in New Orleans. So of course that's where they spun it into into climate change. But you climate know that. But you know the very important important and very relevant to this very moment thursday and friday in europe um the the ministers all got together and they had their big powwow and you know they've essentially built up the the next phase of regulation that we'll have around finance and um environment they are now linked with these carbon credits <laughs> Yep, no, it's, I told you it was coming. So yeah, I know you and these carbon credits. Everything is going to be linked to carbon credits. I'm all told, yeah, because carbon credits are a uh, guilt-free version of tax. Yeah, exactly. And and like the this crazy is like, this is like you're pay paying taxes and you're supposed to feel good about it. Well, no, what the, the analogy is paying paying a, a a thin person money so you don't have to go on a diet. You know, it's stupid. Because, because all that anyone ever talks about is, is, you know, the credits. You buy the credits. You buy the credits. But it doesn't actually reduce anything because somewhere, someone has to produce less carbon emissions to fulfill the credit that you've purchased. So everyone's just buying the credits. That's what it's all about. And they've got it all tricked out, man. You know, Eastern. Uh, I, I, yeah. How come we're not doing this? How come we don't have some sort of a deal? What, the U.S.? Make, no, you and me. A, a carbon deal? Well, why aren't we selling credits? I mean, well, I I'm telling you, we this is to we should totally be doing this because these cre these carbon credit exchanges are popping up everywhere. Like, it reminds me a lot in the mid '90s of um, we at the time we had May East and May West. Remember, everyone was I built a knock. I built a knock in Amsterdam for Christ's sake. It was the thing to do to have an exchange of bandwidth. This is the next uh, the next thing. You got to have an exchange of carbon credits. We can run it on an Excel spreadsheet. Google uh, on a Google spreadsheet, something like that. And what kills me is I was on a website the other day. It says, "Would you like to to buy carbon credits to visit this site or something?" Uh, so, so while this is taking place, this or it just took place, this two day meeting um, <clears throat> where they decide, okay, they're going to put two hundred billion euros into the uh, European economy, even though that's only half of what Germany has to put in and is failing with in its own country by itself. Uh, but then they have all these carbon credits, which is essentially about a thirty billion euro tax, which is going to be levied on uh, on corporations, new tax. And um, there are si over six hundred scientists who are preparing now to sue Al Gore. Over uh, and the IPCC over their bogus uh, um, climate global warming report. 
which of course almost gets zero press anywhere. But six hundred PhDs, dude. I mean, this is this is serious business. Well, you know, you know what the reason is is because <clears throat> I think they have been making this claim. And you and you and I run into it all the time. And people, every, when we talk about it on the show, somebody will write in. Well, you don't know the IPCC said yeah. this and that, and why are you even making these assertions? Yeah. And um, the, I think a lot of people, a lot of scientists. Wait a minute. Wait, are are, you, are you telling me that people in our audience actually use the word assertions? Well, not those <laughs> particular people. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I very rarely use the word. I like it though. It's a, we should use that more often. Yes, we should. Anyway, so uh, so I think there's a lot of people out there who are you know probably you know either climatologists or they're experts in some way, shape, or form about, and they have been put into the same sack because of this notion that. Everybody agrees. Everybody yeah. agrees. Yeah. They, they, the discussion they, is over. We have consensus. Every, but it's more than consensus. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Nobody disagrees with this. Not one single person. So you're a PhD who maybe has some thoughts on it and you have some other kinds of data. And your friends come up to you at the cocktail party and they go on about putting you, pigeonholing you with oh, this other but, side. But it's even worse. It's, it's even worse. If you do that as a PhD or a researcher, your research funding gets pulled. That's why people are so quiet about it because you know they're afraid that their money's going to go away. Well, the lawsuits. I think the more people should join the lawsuit. I'm sure there's more than 600 that that are irked about this. Uh, in fact, there's about 30,000, I believe. But that's not all PhDs. These are just the PhDs. The Business and Media Institute. I have no idea who they are, but this is a story I just got. Oh, we'll get a note who they are. They're a bunch of right wing nuts yeah. that don't believe in any of this stuff. Okay, is that true? I don't know. No, I'm just going to tell you that's what the <laughs> okay. that's so, what it has well, no, to be. Well, well, they what have, else could it be? Well, they have data. They have data. So uh, I'm just going to presume the data is right for the sake of argument. The Business and Media Institute analyzed 205 network news stories about global warming or climate change between July 1st, 2007, and December 31st, 2007. They found that only 20% of the stories even mentioned there were any alternative opinions to the so-called consensus on the issues. And this just goes on and on and on about how, you know, it's pretty much the media just jumped on and said, okay, <laughs> we're all going to die. Hey, roll some of those polar bear footage. Come on, let's get that out. That's good shit. If it bleeds, it leads. Exactly. So, um... CBS was the worst. Uh, yeah, let's see... Uh, 151 people used by the network to promote global warming hysteria. Uh, and 28 people <laughs> who even questioned it somewhat. Ah, somewhat. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> questioned it somewhat. somewhat. Well, you know, yeah, it could crazy. be bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and, and. And it's amazing what's taking place. Our financial system is going to be based on this lie. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, granted, hey, I'm all for saving the earth. I'm all for less pollution. No doubt about it. But, yeah, you know, let's do something about China. They're polluting California from a distance. Yeah. You know, there's, there's plenty we can do and should be doing. But this whole idea of buying credit so that you can continue to pollute, that somewhere, someone down the line, like my children's children's children, will then apparently have to produce less. They're talking or about plant a, a tree. Yeah, they're talking. <laughs> they're talking about a 20 percent reduction 
promise by all all of the EU um, in carbon emissions. Twenty percent. No, that's good. It'll screw them. As long as we don't get too involved, unfortunately, we got a president now. that's probably going to jump on. Totally, this no, totally. You're totally. You're already involved, man. Uh, well, you know, it wasn't going to do any good to get McCain. McCain was just on Letterman last night or the night before. Oh, really? Oh, shit! I didn't know that. It was. It was. He was just on the same bandwagon. It would have been the same thing with him. Well, because they're run by the same people, John. How often do I have to tell you that? Here we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, actually, this is funny. Uh, I think you blogged this. Uh, you blogged the Gideon and Rackman story in the Financial Times. He's a columnist, and he said he was talking about the you know the possibility of a you know tongue in cheek article about the new world order, etc. Oh, right, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Dead so there's guy. there's a follow up to that. I was wondering he's like if your pal. That. Don't you know him? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> You've got to read his follow up that he posted on his blog. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just read you the the conclusion. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, what happened is he says, I couldn't believe the amount of email that he got um, <laughs> from, you know, from from out there. He says, you know, hundreds of pieces of email. Uh, here's his conclusions. There's an undeniable amount of anger and hatred out there directed at everything from the United Nations to, to United Nations to big business to Barack Obama. These people can't read, uh, can read, but they cannot think, he says. So he's not my buddy, dude. It gets worse. The end of days crowd is very strong. I would say that about a third of the emails I got referred me to the book of Revelation, in which apparently all it is all foretold. <laughs> um, three, there's a lot of people who believe not only that global warming is a hoax, but that it is actually a conspiracy. The fact that the most influential reports on climate change have been produced by an intergovernmental panel, the IPCC, sponsored by the UN, fuels this theory. The idea is that the U.N. is perpetuating a climate change hoax to provide an excuse to impose a world government on America. I am a part of it, apparently, he says. Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, anyway, so he winds up, he does have a funny line at the end here. Something positive has come out of this experience. If the newspaper industry really goes down the pan, I now have a business plan. I will claim to be a former member of the Bilderberg Illuminati Council on Foreign Relations UN Zionist Establishment and write a book revealing the inside story of a plot to form a world government. It will sell millions. Funny. So sad, yeah, though, that it's actually the old, true. Uh, both, that's the old matador trick. The old matador trick? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you go in one direction and then you just... Oh, like, oh, like you did with, uh, with Mac a, while, uh, a couple of years ago. No. Did you do, did so, you do something with Mac? Yeah, I remember you did something like that. Matador trick. Matador trick. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. So he's not your friend. I can see. No, of course not. He's a stooge for the uh, whatever. The New World Order, which, by the way, is if you look at Time Magazine, in there it says Obama's New World Order. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. It's phenomenal, dude. Well, you know, the problem is there's too many people in the United States that cling to their religion and guns to the point that they're not going to put up with this. So good for them. Yes. Keep keep clinging. <laughs> uh, uh, I got nothing against it. At least, uh, you know, they'll, they'll shoot the uh, New World Order uh, first and ask questions later. I hope so. Hey, hey, by the way, so we have a guy who gave us a uh, his his uh, use of his... Uh, um, Girlfriend, wife. Box. Oh, sling. Oh, sling. yeah, yeah. I've I've been checking it out. Have you? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and there's the Canadian channels are on there, and then you know there's local news in Detroit, and it's actually kind of interesting because it's like a whole you know, and then I it you know I, I was thinking about that. I'm gonna probably write a column on this for Market Watch. You know, the, the Echo Star bought the Slingbox. Oh, the Dish Network. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, they were going to integrate it, weren't they? Well, I don't know if they're going to integrate it or not, but it, it gets them around a certain problem that I, I was thinking, why would they buy this? I and mean, what's it got to do with anything? Right. And then I realized that one of the things that I, th- I believe that irks both DirecTV and uh, the Dish Network folks mm. is the fact that if I'm here in um, the San Francisco Bay Area, I use the Dish Network, by the way, I'm very happy with it. Um, but one of the things I can't do is I can't sit here in the San Francisco Bay Area and watch the local news uh, in Seattle. Right. I have a house. Right. In right. the area. Right. Because of some, I guess it's some. Copy, you know, it's, it's, it's copyright region laws, all kinds of syndication yeah, rights. Of yeah, it's, impos- it's impossible to figure it out. Right, it's impossible to figure it out. In fact, there's even something called most favored nations, which has got nothing to do with broadcasting, but it's in there for means that you can't do this and that. Yeah, it, it, it really has to do with you know uh, when television series are released in which countries. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's marketing. Yeah, it, it's a marketing problem. Yeah. So I can't get this thing, and I'm sure that I'm not one of the only people that say, why can't I get my Seattle? Yeah, you, would you like local channels on your Dish Network? Because you can get local channels. And uh, I, I just go over the air, so I don't even bother with it. But if I was going to get local channels, I'd say, yeah, I'd like to get local channels. I'd like to get the Seattle channels. Yeah. Oh, no, no, can't do that because we can't. It's against the law. Now, with the, so they buy Slingbox, and I'm sure they're not happy about it. They'd love to sell me. Wouldn't you? I mean, if you're running a business and you got some sucker, me, that says, hey, I want to get local channels in New York, Los yeah, Angeles, yeah, yeah. New you, Orleans. You sell them a Slingbox and a Sling Catcher, right? I mean, I would like to get these local channels on the Dish Network over the satellite when I know they have them, but they can't sell them to me. So there's money they're losing. So now you got this. Well, here's your solution. You get a sling box and you put it up. If you got two houses, you put one in the other house and you can watch your local channels that way. And you can, and it works really well. So we're watching Detroit. Yeah, and and I've been, I've, of course, I've been watching more than just. Uh, and by the way, astonishingly, it works astonishingly well. The uh, yeah, and only requires three eighty four. Yeah, and and you know, it takes a second or two for <clears throat> for it to optimize the stream. So actually, switching through the channels is. Just like IPTV, it's a it's a huge yep. problem because it takes a while no, and not, stutters. It and, doesn't take that long, maybe for you. Yeah, well, but I'm, anyway. Yeah, well, oh, dude, I I've got twenty six megabits of bandwidth coming at the new place. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm going. I want everything. I got Virgin Media. I got. What are you going to pay for that? Um, the total bit. So I got the um, the BT. Full on XL package with. I said, give me everything. Give me your obviously phone service, but give me your um, uh, your your. T- they have a BT Vision, which is their mm-hmm. I, their I, which really truly is IPTV. Yeah, um, I got that. Which you said doesn't work, but go ahead. Yeah, well, it's, I, I, it's not. Fa- it it works in in the UK, but it's on BT's network. It's not running across the internet. Yeah, well, IPTV doesn't require running across the internet. Yeah, but if it's you, not but if you it's want to see protocol but, TV, yeah, but if you want to see, all right, I don't want to get into this discussion again. Okay. Yeah, I have IPTV now coming. 
Yeah. Uh, and that is, it's not that bad. I think with the full on package, it's like 28 pounds a month. What? Yeah, it's not too bad. That, no, that's that, six megabits. No, no, no. That's that's six megabits. Then on top of that, I got Virgin Media, who have fiber optic cable running right up to the house. Of course, oh. you don't you don't actually get fiber in your hand, but then they convert okay. it. Okay, close uh, enough. Yeah, exactly. And so that's twenty megabits. How much does that cost? Uh, that is also, I didn't get the phone service. And of course, that's cable TV at the same time. So there's packages in there with movies and all that shit. That's uh, probably about 48 a month. But that's 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 going to be the main television package that has a whole bunch of uh, whole That's bunch a steal. Of, of course, it's fan. Well, that's the way it should be. And we're, you know, we're in a metropolis now. So you shouldn't be paying crazy amounts for uh, for bandwidth. Well, and, we'll see if how the connection is, and uh, and, and in, yeah, exactly, and in both cases, I, I said, un, and they say you have unlimited download. I said, okay, unlimited means I can, as much as I can eat, right? No asterisks, no, no, unlimited. Okay, I said, Bull. how about upload? Uh, you have unlimited. I said unlimited upload. I said, I, I, I'm, and I said I'm recording this because you're recording the conversation as well, uh, which they tell you up front. I said, I'm just going to ask you one more time. I have unlimited upload and download capacity. Is anything as anything you want to do, sir? Unlimited, okay. And uh, and I'm sure I'm going to have to use that recording sometime in the next six months when you're cut off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, um, good. That's a, that good. I like. That. I think we, everyone out there should document. The BS, because you know that when it comes down to it, is it's not in writing. You haven't got a recording it, you, that you announced that you were recording it, so it's nothing yep. illegal. No, well, they, they announced that recording me. Yeah, what and you so you up? can record them, and so the whole thing now you can give that to a magistrate. Yes, and, and, and my say, solicitor, my solicitor will go to the magistrate, and bingo. Yeah. And, and then what? Crow. You, yeah. you won't get your connection back. No. Apologize. <laughs> I'll never get a connection. <laughs> Dude, the other day. Now, of course, this is, you know, I'm so not used to it. This was, uh, you know, so Southwest London. This is a, a nice neighborhood. And uh, so you've got parking for residents with parking permit only. And then, which I haven't gotten yet because, you know, I have to like show a bill or something or whatever. It's just pain in the ass. I haven't done it yet. And uh, so I park off to the side. And this maximum four-hour parking, whatever. So I throw whatever money in there. And I come back, and it's like 20 minutes overdue. They have a uh, a hand gripper almost on my car, John. You know, like they, they park a truck next to it. And uh, a Boston big, boot? Is that what it's called? And or, or, is it, or is it called a tow truck? No, no. It's, it, it's like one of those machines you see at the carnival where you put the money in, you steer it, and then it grabs something and then shakes it, and then you never you never get the prize. What's it? What's the purpose? So they actually, and they don't. They pick your car up out of its spot in the air and then put it on the truck. Oh, you're going to get towed away? Not towed away. This is what I'm trying to say. It, it's a big arm, and it comes oh. down on top of the car and <laughs> and picks it up and then puts it on the truck. I'm sure wow. there's a name for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's outrageous. After after twenty minutes, they were already there with the with the with the hook. Oh, they, they you must have cameras, or oh, they have cameras everywhere in England. They have thirty seven thirty seven um, cameras. I, I looked it up on the website. Thirty seven cameras dedicated specifically to um, uh, park, parking control. Yeah, my block. <laughs> I'll, I'll point it at my window. 
<laughs> no, they're, 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 it just turns out that these cameras are pointed at the meters. I'll make it even yeah. better. We have an elect, a meter, one minute every day on John Street. <laughs> so uh, we, have a, we had a delivery come from Holland earlier on Tuesday. Uh, Patricia had bought some stuff there. And uh, she had uh, uh, one of our moving companies we worked with before. Yeah, you know, just when you guys are coming over next trip, bring that shit for us. Okay. So, you know, they, they roll up. They double park to open up the truck. You know, the guy, and, and it's a square, all right? It's not a throughway. It's you can, you can drive past it on either side. It's a square. And so they're loading stuff out, and the traffic warden comes over. And, you know, and what they always do, they take a picture, right, for proof, a digital picture, so they have your license plate and the situation at hand, and they write out a ticket for him. And Patricia goes out, and, and Patricia's great at this, and she's immediately, she's like, I'm going to make friends with this guy. And uh, and she's talking, and, and, and she says, uh, so, um, you know, they're just stopping to unload some stuff. Yeah, he says, but you're not allowed to do that. So, well, what is the procedure? Because we have other trucks coming, you know, we're moving. What is the procedure? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he literally could not tell you what to do. He said, I just, I'm not allowed to stand there with your truck. I have no idea how you can get a permit to stand there. How do you move from house to house in that Thank city? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. However, you, you will love it, and you've got to come over in the new year. Um, cause obviously, uh, to test out the AGA oven. Um, mm. but we have in our neighborhood within like three minutes walking distance, we have a, uh, in, an independent wine store, which I'm excited about, uh, <laughs> because I, I, I need, uh, I need some advice from you. You know, you need to ask me if they have X, Y, or Z and I'll go see if they're any good. They look really slick. Did you ever go to Barry Brothers and Rudd and get me those no. glass bottles? No, of- no, 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 I, dude. I don't, I don't even have time to scratch my ass. Mm. Uh, but we also have an Italian. Uh, it's kind of like an Italian butcher slash deli. Oh, and oh man, it's just they've got fruits and vegetable and unbelievable assortment of meats. It's just it looks so good and inviting and so non big box. Mm. Sounds French. No, it's Italian. I mean, in style. No. You know, they have all these little stores. I mean, you know, they they subsidize. You know, they make they don't let big stores crop up everywhere. Oh no, no, they they got they got plenty of. Well, this is London. You know, you walk ten minutes and there's a Starbucks anywhere, and uh, and there's Tesco's and there's all kinds of stuff on as usual. So, what's the third one? You said there were three. I thought, I, no, I said there were three. I thought so there were, no, the Aga. Oh, right, the Aga. The Aga, the, the wine, the, the wine, the wine store. Sure. Yeah, the wine store looks really happening, man. Huh. It's called Wines well, of the World. Well, go in there with your camera. Well, I don't know. You gotta, s- like send me an email with a couple things I should go look for. I don't want to go taking pictures like that, not until I know them. Well, yeah, well, go into, you could also, you could just stream. <laughs> That's it's all about geeky. Hey John, you home? Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, cool, man. Got up. T- take a, take a look at my stream, my quick man. I got my quick cam running. It's really cool, dude. Check out my wine store. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Get that, get that. People always are sending me email asking us to to put this on video, and I'm like, what is the appeal? <laughs> And, and, and there's always, you know, when you're in San Francisco together, how come we don't do the show together? Well, because it would suck. 
It has to be. Yeah, I, I, I can't look at you when we're doing this. No, because I'm always mugging or rolling my eyes. <clears throat> Doesn't work. So, uh, oh, here we you go. You know, I get more eyeball exercise. My actually, my my prescription is going closer and closer to 2020 because of the eyeball, <laughs> eyeball exercise during- I get when talking to Adam Curry. A M E E A M E, a London-based startup with an API which has the grand aim of measuring the world's energy consumption and therefore carbon footprint, has secured an undisclosed Series A financing from O'Reilly Alpha Tech Ventures, Union Square Ventures, and UK-based Angel The Accelerator Group. There's your uh, carbon trading company. Mm. Why can't we structure one of these deals? <sighs> because it's actual work and we're lazy bastards. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> That's, that would be the basic problem we have. <clears throat> We don't actually want to do any of the work. Like our T-shirts. Well, Let's mention the T-shirts early today. Get you know, noagenda.angryshirts.com. Please buy a T-shirt to support this show. Nope. Uh, and we're only going to do these you know, for one shot, and then we're going to go to a different design. So you get to get them where you can. It's, you know, the guy's moaning. We're, just not, we're not selling enough T-shirts. Did he sell any? Did, did anything move yeah, out the door? Yeah, he sold a few, but really? you know, hardly enough to pay for the cost of admission. Yeah. It's... Noagenda.angryshirts.com. Now, here's one of the problems. So I got two notes from people saying, well, I, you know, it costs too much to ship them to Europe. And, yeah, it costs too much to ship them <sighs> to Europe. Do you love this you show know. or not? I mean, what is that about? <laughs> well, they don't think it's worth paying $25 total to get a T-shirt. <laughs> Apparently they but don't. But what we need is, like, a, we need a vendor in Europe that can, you know, ship yeah, right or on. in England, at least, or something. Yeah, I don't know. right on. Right there on. must be somebody there that and and I, and I still think that we can do even better designs. I mean, I, I like what the an, angry shirts guy did, but you know, there could Actually, be more. I did that. Really? Okay. Well, in that case, dude, it, it kind of sucks. sucks. Hey, I just wanted to get something out there so we could see what the mechanism is going to look like. So we'll do some fancy shirts. Hey, um, is Zazzle? Zazzle? Um, I've been asked to do something with Zazzle. Yeah. How's their stuff? Is that any good? It's uh, very. It's just the same as um, as uh, it's similar to Cafe Presso. It's a, it's, right. a, it's not really a silkscreen shirt. It's a sticker, oh, like a press on. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I think we want to stick with silkscreen because we're not going to making that many of them. And um, you know, this guy's okay. He does the whole thing. Last, I mean, we. You know. So I was looking at this. I was ran. ran I was digging around. and I ran into this weird article. About how girls are dominating the internet with uh, some interesting numbers. A Pew Research people did this, and this came out in January. Uh, I think I heard about this. Thirty-two percent of the twelve to seventeen girls started a website, as opposed to twenty-seven percent of adult of boys mm-hmm. and fourteen percent of adults. So I'm looking at all this data, and I'm thinking at the same time, there's a scandalous story that came out last week that's saying these kids are taking nude pictures of each other and swapping them over the phones, you know, because the phones you can send a photo from your phone to my phone or whatever. Yeah, it's called multimedia messaging. It's been around for 10 years. Right, but it's never been convenient or cheap. Uh, In Europe, it's been used quite a lot. Oh. So uh, I never use it. I do it all the time. Um, I mean, I do a lot of SMS. I mean, I do a lot of typing on that little E71, which is a... Uh, I like to... You know, I was looking at the specs on that phone. I didn't realize it had an FM radio in yeah, it. Yeah, you just stick your headphones in and it works. Unbelievable. Which is something, I mean, by the way, that, like that I hate. It's got like 10 radios in it. It's got GSM radios. It's got... Uh, 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 
the you know the it's three got Bluetooth, version. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's got a receiver for uh, this G, uh, the satellite. Uh, what you know what? Yeah, GPS, uh, GPS satellite receiver. You know the, the thing that bothers me is that, and I've never. Oh, I understand why. You know they say you got to plug your headphones in because then the headphones become the antenna. But I've always that's always been a bummer to me because I like listening to the radio uh, from time to time. But I want to use my Bluetooth headset. I, I don't want to have to plug in wires. That's the whole point. That's the problem with FM. It's yeah, an FM it tuner. Is, if it was an AM tuner, you could probably get away with it. Right. But who it wants needs to have a right? Has to have some length. Yeah, I heard you talking about it on Twit. You are that well, show, me, by the way. When you're on that show, it's really good. Well, it's actually when I'm on when I'm at Leo's studio. That was yeah, that really made a big difference. And I'll tell you why. It's because you know, unlike you and me, um, Leo and I have worked together in radio for so long that we you know it, we actually can cue off each other and make a radio show. You know, kind of like an old fashioned way. And so the timing is changes a, a lot. And uh, and there's other people involved, so the timing's important. And Leo even noticed it. He says, you know, it's just because you're just doing stuff over Skype has its moments. But, you know, if you're right in, in studio, especially with somebody you have worked a lot with on the air, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, the timing, it's very difficult because we're always struggling with the timing and the delay that you, uh, that you automatically have on Skype. Yeah. It's inherent. Now, I was using those Countryman headphones, and you told me that they sounded like crap or something. No, 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 because I heard it, and uh, I didn't even know you were in the studio, because I only, I didn't uh, watch the live feed, and I immediately I heard the difference. I knew you were using something different, then of course I heard that you were in the studio, and then you sent me a text message, so I figured you were using the Countryman, um, and it sounds good, but the S's are a little bit slissy, a little slushy. Huh. Yeah, go listen to it again. Maybe it's just because of the MP3 transcode, but of course, you know, that's the same result. It sounded a little slushy. Just just the S's. But, I'll but, check it out. Now, now, he bought an Omni. Now, for anyone out there listening, we're, yeah, we've, we've only done this microphones. a million times. We talk about these mics because we, we're both looking for mics. But the Countryman, uh, which is used in churches, uh, that was the he bought the omnidirectional and everybody who sent me a note says you should buy the unidirectional. Maybe that'll make a difference. But I, here's what my problem is: I've used these before, and I realize they go around the ear. Oh, that's my question. Little, is there an earpiece on that as well? No. Okay, good. It goes around the outside of the ear like right. like a pair of glasses, and then it hangs there, and you bend it around until it's just you know fits just yours near kind mouth, of in front yeah. of your mouth, but not yeah. quite. Yeah. I, the thing is always flopping around. I, I can't get it to, to be tight. I'm wondering whether it's even usable for me because it just doesn't fit around my ear right. And I find the thing to, you know, and then if you move your head a little bit, the thing goes out of whack and it's laying against your skin. Well, do you use headphones? You don't use headphones, do you? No. Okay, because the headphones, of course, will squeeze it on. Or yeah. we could use gaffer tape on your head. <laughs> just like a, a big slab of gray gaffer tape right there just sticking it in place it's usually black so uh i have the anyway, gray the uh well that's called duct tape i think oh you're anyway. right oh, okay okay yes that's called duct tape gaffer tape is black you're right so gaffers gaffers and uh i hate to keep correcting you it just makes me feel no, bad you're just a dick like that yeah so uh by the way they have clear duct tape now Oh, but no gray? 
No, they have the gray, the silver duct tape. That's the classic. That's what I'm saying. And you call the uh, I call that guy. No, I'm just tape. saying they have clear. It's just it's weird, but there's a clear duct tape out there. Maybe we can put some of the clear across your lips, across the front. That would be good. Yeah. So anyway, so I the, the idea is is that you know when you wear when you use country man, it's like you're supposed to be on stage. It's something a lot of singers use them, and a lot of preachers use them. And you know, a friend, a friend of mine wants to do stand up comedy with one. And you put the you put the country man on your face, and then you have the uh, you know Transmitter the, uh, the radio in the back. But you're not yeah. going to be wearing headphones. So these things are supposed to fit without a pair of headphones crimping them on. So I'm wondering whether you know maybe my I don't know I don't think my ears any weirder than anybody else's but i don't know i'm having second thoughts about they're so expensive these countrymen mics that i'm having second thoughts about using one really what, what do they cost for when i travel yeah what do they cost you know be, they cost about 400 bucks uh, so that's pretty steep but they're great but you know but it's for traveling i mean i could throw it in the suitcases they weigh nothing, nothing yeah. so i don't have to you know when you travel nowadays you want to travel light and you don't want to check luggage and so i you know rather than carrying around a big clunky microphone or something like uh i did last time when i went to portugal <clears throat> um yeah with the high like yeah. it's too much you know too too agonizing uh so what else is going on in uh in your neck of the woods ron john Ron, why do I say Ron. I do that from time to time? That's not good. Yeah, no, it means you're, it means you're lost. It means you're losing interest in the conversation. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, there you go. We figured it out. Okay, what if I start calling yeah, you Ron? I mean, that uh, that means <laughs> Fred. Uh, what's your name? Whenever I start calling you Ron, you know, you know that I'm losing interest. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I just, I'm just, yeah. Well, I suppose you are because you're you're not going to get the countryman. So, no, I'm not. I, I'm very happy with with my uh, with my new discovery with the lav microphone. It's fantastic. Yeah, which one is it you're using? It's, it's the Electro UHF UM110, and I've had these for seven years, and I carry them with me everywhere, in, just in case I want. I need a, a good sound recording because it's a lav microphone, but you know, I just I just hooked it right on my windscreen here, and it works fine. People love the sound, so why am I going to argue? Are you talking directly into it? Yeah, yeah. I don't have to. Because you, you have know, a windscreen in front of it. It has its own little windscreen on it. So I've clipped it literally onto the windscreen, which is still hanging in front of the Heil microphone, as we discussed earlier, because <laughs> I, I like the idea of a microphone. I can't, I can't get into this. Wait little... a minute. Wait, hold on a second. Let me just try to visualize what you're just describing. All right. All right. Uh, here it comes. I have a mic stand and a boom. And then I have on the end of that, I have a Heil, you know, the Pro 40. Right, the Pro 40 in its, uh, you know, that that cool professional-looking wire hanger thing. You know what I mean? It looks like a cat's yeah, cradle. Yeah, cat's yeah, cradle. Right, and then uh, and then I have a a windscreen in front of that. Now the windscreen previously was turned the other way around, and my joint burned a hole in one in one side of it. So I've fl flipped it around, and I put the uh, and so I could just kind of squeeze the microphone, the lav, in between the two screens. And I fold it down in front of the mic, and so now it feels like I'm talking into a real microphone. But you actually have a lavalier mic hanging there by its wire it's between a, it's clipped, the screen it's, and the it's, real microphone. Yes, it's clipped onto the windscreen, yes. Could you, okay. could you turn on your speaker just a little bit for me, John? Oh, sure. Because when I get excited, I hear myself. Yeah, well, I think you do that anyway. Uh, so now... Um, that, was an that open sounds door. pretty cockamamie. 
Well, well, what else? I mean, what what am I going to do with it? Like uh, tape it onto my forehead, or you know, <laughs> or hold it with a pencil? Uh, you know, it's got to be hanging somehow. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like having a Ferrari pulled by a donkey. It sounds like to me. <laughs> well, I don't, this was an expensive set. This was like seven hundred bucks. This is this is a real a real set for the lavalier. Yeah, and, and it's with it's a and so I literally it's a have good sounding mic. Thank you. <clears throat> but I thought you'd have it hooked to yourself to maybe some wireless, and you'd be walking around the house. I can, but then it, I can. It's yeah. just that I couldn't hear you because I don't have the the return wireless. So I guess I could put on put Bluetooth Bluetooth headset on or something. But anyway, um, it's people have commented that you sound better on this lavalier than you do on the PR forty. Yeah. You, you, I think you. I think it's maybe because you're so naturally bassy that uh, you don't need a lot. Of, uh, you don't need to overdo it because the PR forty, I think, emphasizes the it, low it, end. Yeah, and it, it becomes a little woolly on on my voice. But anyway, yeah, you, what you need is a notch filter. A notch filter. Yeah. What's that? <clears throat> you want to uh, this thing that notch? You have uh, one of the sound guys I used to work with explained it to me. That most people have a little, what's called mud, down at the low end of their voice, and they, if you notch it out, and I think the, the notch you want to notch is from 200 to 400 hertz. Hmm. And you just want to take, you just want to take that out, and you just notch it out with a notch filter, and then you, and it cleans up your, it makes you much more, uh, uh, you understand, you know, you're just more crystal clear. Well, I, you, I, you, I do filter my microphone, and I, and I have taken some of that out, but not, you know, it's just an EQ. I don't call it a notch filter. Yeah, but notching is better because then you can pull it the exact frequencies, and you, they're gone. They're never they don't come through at all. It's not like they're they're rolled off or anything that like an you know an equalized roll. He kind of turns things into a curve and just pushes it down, but it's still there. Mm. I'm looking in my uh, in my uh, sound filters. I don't see anything called a notch filter though. No, oh, well, I'm sure you can get one. I mean, I'm I'm kind of torn because at the new place. I want to go really minimalistic. So all I want is one 19-inch rack. I don't have I have all this 19-inch gear, but not in a rack. So I'm going to, you know, there's like five or six things I just want, you know, great compressors and things. Not I'm not using them now. And then I want really just, you know, it's my laptop. I've got my Fader Fox MIDI controller, you know, a microphone, and that's it. And everything, no more wires, you know, just get rid of all this shit. Well, you need a wire hook to the lab. Here's what I would, here's what I would recommend visually for the minimalistic studio that you're looking for. Get yourself a mannequin, <laughs> like a good looking one, and have her seated in a chair in the middle of the room, which has to be stark bare. And she's got nothing on. And then the mannequin is holding a fishing reel, rod, rod and reel. And out of the, at the end of the reel is the wire hanging down with the lav at the bottom. And you have just a folding chair that you sit in front of the lav at the end of the reel and you just talk into it. Okay. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. People don't know, but, you know, John sits in a lot of programming meetings at uh, Mevio. And whenever, whenever there's a brainstorming session, John always resorts to, yeah, let's do um, auditions with hookers. It's always the <laughs> same not. with you. Hey, yeah, let's do, um, I, I got an idea, a show with hookers. It's always hookers with you. Never. Uh. <laughs> no, the thing is, is, what, is that to lighten up any meeting, and I recommend this to anybody out there who has the, 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 the balls to do it, uh, to lighten up any meeting, and some of these meetings are pretty dull. 
Uh, just you, you have to you have to use the word hookers because it's funny. <laughs> it, yeah, and it always gets a big laugh. You have to admit, it brings the house it to does. its knees. It does, but it then were. it was only like ten minutes after that you text me and said, "Hey, call me so I can leave this meeting," <laughs> which of course yeah. I dutifully did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, I so, just want to uh, make sure everyone knows. Luckily, how nobody at the, at the in that meeting will be listening to the show. Probably we, not. I think we have one fan at the at the company, which is Andrew. Oh, Grummet? Yeah. Andrew Grummet listens to everything. Well, yeah, he does. This is the stuff that, well, this is why Andrew started, you know, unsung hero, by the way, of the podcast movement, in, in my opinion, Andrew Grummet, because he really was the team leader and the, and the catalyst behind um, iPod or Lemon, which later became Juiced, and mm. uh, Juice. And um, and he and he got into it because he he liked it, liked the whole idea of the programming, and so he wanted to essentially build the receiver side. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, he uh, hey Andrew, shout out. Yeah, well he'll come up. To, he, the thing is, he always listening listens to these shows with uh, a timely manner, not like you know every once in a while I get enough. Like, you know, I listened to that No Agenda show from five months ago, and you know what you guys said about blah blah blah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, uh, you and I don't remember what we were talking about five minutes ago. So um, that's true. That's how you do it. So what else is going on in the news over there? Now you said the weather was cold. Oh yeah, it's well. As I said, it's been it's the coldest since 1976. We already went through that um, flooding today. Massive flooding. The rains are you know the heavens have have opened up. Flooding. Yeah, flooding. And the country's not not equipped for this kind of weather for the global warming. Um, so yeah, the minute it really starts to rain, then you get massive flooding and people are stuck on motorways for hours on end. It's uh, every it's, time I've been in, in London where it really has a big rainstorm like that. The, the tubes flood. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, the subways, you can't get around yeah. town because the subway, yeah, the Floods, subway yeah. line, such and such bakers, yeah. you know, yeah, no, uh, is the Bakerloo line. Yeah. Everything's, everything's crippled. Oh, it's, it's a mess. But I gotta say, John, it's it is romantic and fun. The city, I, I'm I'm excited about the move. I really am. Just a walker, you know. City in general, I like. Just a city to be able to walk and get places and get stuff quickly, mm -hmm. not drive and park. Yeah. Um, yeah. After your car's towed away for the umpteenth time. <laughs> well, I'm getting rid of uh, getting rid of all the car. I don't need the car anymore. Getting rid of it. Well, don't want it. So you're not going to have any vehicle? Yeah, one. Just my daughter's uh, Twingo. Because huh. uh, we bought that, we just bought that one. It's, it's brand new. Where do you? Where would you keep it? You don't have a garage. No, you have a no. The garage is converted to the uh, teenager apartment. Uh, cleverly, so uh, just keep it on the street, right out front. I don't care. You need, it, but you need a but you and you, no, you need a permit. There. Yeah, you get a resident permit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you get a. It's, it, it's not free. Is there? Yeah, there's, there par yes, there's oh, always parking. Yeah, always parking oh. in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, let me see. Actually, I was reading a, a BBC article here about Obama. Uh, Robert Gates, who is, of course, the um, defense secretary or uh, the U.S. equivalent of the minister of defense in the United States, who's been that uh, ever since uh, Donald Rumsfeld resigned. So he's the guy uh, mainly responsible for the surge. And, of course, he's staying on for the Obama administration. Gee, uh, that's some change. He says uh, 
The new president's security team is ready to defend U.S. national interests from the moment he takes office next month. Mr. Gates, who is staying in his post, said Middle East and Gulf security would remain a key issue for the U.S. Uh, and he said he's warning foes of America of testing Obama. This is a, a throwback to the infamous Biden. Yeah, uh, he's going to be tested and you're not going to like what he does. Yeah. So the guy is saying. Uh, anyone who thought that the upcoming months might present opportunities to test the new administration would be sorely mistaken. Dude, them's fighting words. <laughs> sorely mistaken. That's what he said. It's a quote. <laughs> be sorely mistaken. So you will be. That's what my parents used to say. You know, if you don't come in by eight o'clock, <laughs> you'll be sorely mistaken. You'll be. <laughs> if those street lights are on and your ass isn't in this house, Adam Clark Curry. Yeah, that's. Kind of that's kind of freaky. You'd think he knows. Well, something. I don't know. I guess they're gonna. You know, they're expecting something. Precisely. I mean, they must know. You know, I don't know why they just don't tell the public what they know. They know something because you know. I mean, a lot of times I think they when they reveal. I mean, every once in a while they say, "Well, there's going to be a terrible thing happening," you know, and it's going to go out down this way. It usually thwarts the plot. But they'd rather they rather see these plots unfold, you know, at the risk of public, you know, death. And uh, I don't well, know why. Well, I think there's a number of things. One is. First of all, a lot of them are just idiots. You know, it's not like you need a degree to become a politician. Um, so they just don't know any better. You know, there you know there are actual uh, senators <laughs> who uh, who think that the U.S. dollar is still backed by gold. I mean, this is how dumb some of these people are. And you can't say all of them are because they're not clearly. Um, so they a they just don't know. B they're they're under severe threat that you know the whole um, financial bailout, the Economic Stability Act. You know, uh, Paulson literally went went to uh, to the Senate and the Congress and said, "Hey, you know, it's, if if we don't pass this, it's it's all going to come crashing down. We're going to have martial law in the United States." That's what he was telling. He was threatening them almost. So they don't know. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. So they don't understand. You know, they don't they don't know. And you they know me. No, they don't know. You know me. I'm 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 pretty sure it's all planned. So so what. Uh, Let's get back to this sling box. When are you going to hook yours up? When we get in the new place. And and what's it? By the way, I should have mine hooked up. I have. I realized. So I'm going to give you Virgin. I, You're going to have Virgin cable, which is stacked. Is every channel you but can imagine. But will I be able to access it? Because yes, I, yeah, yeah. I have my own private cable box. Uh, that no, no, I'm be- saying because I was noticing I downloaded the newest software from Sling, and they said, well, you know, it's uh, only good in the U.S. You can't, you, even though you, did you download oh? the same stuff? Oh, no, I, I, I have a Sling box here. So, so I used my Sling box, my U.K. Uh, software to look at the, uh, at the Detroit, the Detroit one. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't a problem. No. So you'll be able to look at my box easy. You, well, do you have a box yet? Yeah, I know. I've got two. I'm going to put one on the... Well, send me uh, your ID, man. Well, I haven't hooked it up. I'm going to hook it up. So what I realize is that I have a Comcast, uh, my you know my internet connection is Comcast, but to get the deal I got for the high speed, I also had to get the cable. But I don't use the cable because I use the Dish Network. What would I use you know, the cable for? And so, uh, But I realize I can just hook the sling box onto the cable directly. So listen, you got the software right there? Do you have the software the on this? box? Yeah. Yeah, the, it's on. Uh, no, it's not on this machine. It's on another machine. Oh, uh, okay. Because because I have a sling box here. Is it working? 
Yeah, that's right here. There's my number. There's my ID. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can try, P- try it out. Your ID is P-I-N-G? I don't think so. <laughs> no. It would be the what came right after that. Oh. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot later. But anyway, the point is I'm just going to hook this sling box onto this K- uh, Comcast cable, and you'll, you'll be just dedicated, just like yours, yeah. to be looked at when you feel like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was looking at my, I do have a bandwidth meter on because you can only with Comcast, you can, and I'm using Comcast. Uh, you you uh, have an upload limit? Not that I know of. There's a, there's a 250 gigabyte monthly limit. And um, I've been monitoring it to see, because they never tell you how much you use. So for uh-huh. people out there want to know, I mean, general usage of uh, just general internet surfing and doing stuff like this once in a while and these other things amounts to about, you know, usually about a, a half a gigabyte, a half a gigabyte a day. Uh-huh. Which gives you a lot of leeway if you have 250 a month to play with. Yeah. Uh, when you use the, uh, when I was hitting the uh, sling box a lot in Detroit, I ended up uh, pushing about two giga, two gigabytes a, a day. day. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is probably what you're going to spend, which is about 60 to maybe you could push it to 100 gigabytes a month. Maybe if you were doing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fooling around other yeah. than just simple surfing. Yeah. So you just still, it seems like they still give you a lot of headroom. Well, I have unlimited. Yo, dude. I'm not worried. I have unlimited. Yeah, fine. Well, I have to be because when you tack, hit my sling box and you just happen to leave it on all night because you don't nah, care because nah, <laughs> you're un- unlimited. You know? I don't care. Hey, dude, let's just talk for one second about uh, um, Black Blagojevic, whatever his name is, the uh, governor from Illinois. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name either. Blagojevic, I think it is. Blago- yeah, whatever. Blagojevic. Yeah. I mean, is 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 it just me, or or does anyone see this as like a sign? Does anyone get that you know this is the the nest where Obama comes from? Well, you know, somebody pointed this out. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> yeah, no, one, I, no I one's talking about that. Well, wait, wait. It seemed you know they said they believe that Obama rose so quickly in Chicago politics that he never really became that much of the machine. And in fact, when he was talking about the, the overheard conversations with the FBI, where where they were calling him and you know uh, cussing about him because he wasn't going to play ball. Right. Uh, Obama gave a uh, I don't know if you saw it, but when he came out and when you saw him giving his talk about well you know these guys I got nothing to do with it and you can tell by the conversations I didn't he had a real smug look on his face like eh, yeah yeah didn't, didn't catch me didn't catch me can't touch me on this one this is yeah. nothing yeah but it's just amazing you know just just to read some of the transcripts and uh, and what this guy and his wife too who looks like a real bitch. You know, ugh. It's just well, I, I mean, it's just kind of bad. You know, Jesse Jackson Jr. I guess caught got caught up in it most recently because somebody's I guess wanted to collect a million dollars to get him the job. <laughs> and uh, I've met him. He's really a nice guy. And I would, you know, you maybe I don't know what part of the machine he is, but I, I, he sure got screwed in this deal. He'll never get anything like that now. And now no. he's under the cloud no. of suspicion, even though no. he probably had nothing to do with it. 
But but the, but you know the whole fact that that's literally how this shit is done. You know you know that's the way it goes. It's that these seats are traded that way. That's how the way government works. So that is almost proof that fascism fascism is rape uh, is rampant in the U.S. political system because it's corporatism interwoven with government. Done. Yeah, it's cor- corporatism for sure. End of. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Patricia's so saying point? Uh, my point is, is that, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, that's because we're getting jaded. I mean, this could, they're going to hound this guy. I mean, it, it's interesting that this guy, you know, you have the collapse of that $50 billion Ponzi scheme guy. And then you had this happened at about the same time. And it's yeah. like people don't, you know, what, what should we be talking about? And there was Obama's in the mix somehow. Um, it's just a lot of bad news. It seems it's like one thing after another. We have you know, uh, is- we have someone at the uh, at the office to go unnamed, who is a massive massive Obama supporter, and sure. I, I can we know uh, who that is. Uh, well, you yeah. do. Um, and uh, at a recent company meeting, she was talking about how excited Wait, she you- was. That, were you there? Were you at the at the at the all hands yeah. meeting? Yeah, she was so excited because she has front row seats to the inauguration. Yeah, but I mean, this oh, was- she's a huge fan. Uh, she's going to be so disappointed. I feel so bad for her. What, you mean she's going to be disappointed in the, uh, two or three years from now? Six months from now, dude. <laughs> two, two or three years, please. Uh uh-uh. uh I would say, and I'll put this down as a uh, as a. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, here it comes, gentlemen's bet. Okay. Six months from now, She's not going to be disappointed, and Obama's going to look like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay, I'll take that one. You got it. Well, okay, but hold on a second. Will it because she's been uh, hypnotized into believing? No, that- no, because because a lot of you know it'd be a very positive time. In general, you think it's going to be so? We will not be at war. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying that. We're at war now, and I don't think he's going to pull out, although he could. I think I'm just well, no, saying, no, no, no. just through six months out, I'm going to make this assertion that six months from now, things are going to be really, it's going to be, everyone's going to be very happy with Obama. Okay. He's going to have a high rating and all this rest of it. Okay. Well, that you got that bet, my friend. No, man. Well, you don't think so? No, of course not. First of all, 20,000 troops are going to go to Afghanistan. We're going to have a whole bunch of crap going down in Pakistan. India is going to be on our side. There's going to be, you know, the, the question is how well it will be reported if you even know it's happening. Um, I believe um, that we're really going to be in, a, in, a, in some kind of quagmire with this EU regulation, both because, you know, the, you can, you can, maybe the U.S. could separate on climate and say, okay, we want to do climate this way or that way, you know, Bush. Uh, decline to um, ratify the Kyoto Protocol. But when it comes to economics, and now that they're intertwined, I don't think the U.S. can get away with not being a part of the whole carbon credit scheme. And that is going to affect us. It really will. Or the U.S., it will It will severely affect it. I, I don't think it's going to be a happy time in six months from now. No. All right. No, I don't. I'm, I'm, we'll I don't. go over it in six months. What would that date be? Do we have it? January, uh, June, June, June. Let's make it June thirtieth. June thirtieth. Okay, that's good. When I'm bringing you food, <laughs> we have a deli. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got plenty of pepper. <laughs> we have a deli, and it has a lot of cured meat. <laughs> cured meats. So I brought hey, back. So you some- could go on Letterman and actually know your cuts of meat. 
Yeah, I could. Yeah. I'm one of the few. <laughs> so, uh, so I brought back from uh, Portugal a very strange uh, uh, piece of meat cured meat. And in Portugal, they make this, this sausage called, which is generically in the United States called linguiça. And all the linguiça providers around here, and I told the story when I was over there, by the way, and everyone was kind of interested in the story. We, When I was a kid, I was I lived most of my childhood youth in Newark, California. Mm. And Newark, California was a, I didn't realize it at the time, I'm looking back on it now, obviously, was kind of a settlement at one point for the Portuguese expats from the 30s or 40s or something. And so the town was mostly uh, Portuguese. Everyone was named, you know, Freitas or Silva, Silva or Bogus, and there's a bunch of different Bogus? P-O-G-A-S, Bogus. Bogus. And... um Anyway, there's all these, and they're all Portuguese. And uh, so one of the things that it was, an, I was raised because they used to have these events on Saturday where dances and whatever at this big hall. They, when they would cook outside, they would cook the sausage, which was this exact linguisa sausage. <clears throat> and instead of hot dogs, I ate these, these things. And there was about six factories, or maybe as many as 20 at one time in the area, that made this sausage, this linguisa. Over the years, I lost favor. It's too expensive. And it also is difficult to make because part of the process is has to be a kind of a wine-cured meat that's in the sausage. And uh, so anyway, they these places became less and less. And there was one left in San Leandro that was the best called Santos. And Santos made a tr- – one of the great – it was one of the la- – it was the last great California linguisa. But because of the process for making it, which goes back in time, uh, it was illegal to do the process by health department standards. What was so illegal about it? I don't know. Not enough melamine? Oh, I, I'd have to go back and find the records, but I think it had to do with the curing or leaving the meat out. Or yeah, you, you, need the, to put, you need to put more melamine in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that would be okay. And it, Anyway, so... Um, so the guy kept getting harassed by the health department, and one day he flipped out and killed two of them. Excellent. That's what everybody in Portugal thought. Excellent. Yeah, of course. This is, these people are crazy. So they threw the guy in jail as a murderer, and uh, then he Bad died times. like a year or two ago, and I yeah. never got the recipe. But- <laughs> oh, shit. Now, that really sucks. Well, then when I go to uh, Portugal, it turns out that this recipe, which I thought was just because linguiça means sausage. It's like, it's like the pancakes I, of Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> Every, I mean, this sausage is everywhere. I mean, it's not like a secret how to make this stuff, but it's complicated. There's a place up in Oregon for anyone out there who wants to try a good linguiça called Taylor's. And you can look it up. And, and Taylor's ships. And they, sh- and they have a credible linguiça. In fact, when I'm in Washington, I usually stop at one of the stores that carries it and buy stock up on this stuff and then bring it down to California where I should be able to get good linguiça, but I can't. It's either too grainy or it doesn't have that right soaked meat taste or whatever, or it's not chunky. There's a lot of grizzle in, in a good linguiça. Anyway, so uh, but meanwhile, I'm going to the store, and this woman that's taking me around from the commerce department of the country, because I have to stop at a store wherever I travel, and she, I'm, I'm looking for some sausages to bring back or something, and she points out this strange thing, which is kind of like the uh, ultimate. It's not a linguiça; it's a big like a salami, but it's it's made. 
in the same way. So it's essentially, and there's nothing else in there but the but the meat itself, which is obviously cured in some way because the stuff is not even refrigerated. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it just sits and there. It is unbelievably delicious, but you have to kind of you have to boil it or cook it. I mean, it's just a. I haven't figured out how to prepare it properly, but it's right. like a. Uh, it's this flavor. So my wife, who has the spice store, she's doing a lot of research, and she. We're working on a book on spices. She makes the assertion, using that word again, uh, that most of these cured meats and salamis and all these things that have been that have been. Uh, uh, perfected over the years spices weren't used necessarily for adding flavor no it was for it was for preservation of uh, of food right right and almost every one of these crazy spices has some specific characteristic right, one's an right, antioxidant right. one of sure. them kills some sort of bacteria yes i them- love this john you have to come out with that book because this is what people are going to need we have to get away from this crap that we call food that has nothing to do with food it's either chemicals posing as protein like melamine which by the way is now accept- acceptable at 2.5 parts per million by the federal food and drug administration or it's uh, genetically modified, and God knows what that's doing to us. Yeah, I know. You never know. So anyway, so they, so you end up with these characteristics that can't be duplicated unless you follow the process. And so when the health department, and by the way, this is going to hit the EU harder than it hits us. And I talked about this when I was in Portugal. What, is, what happens when some guy from Brussels comes into Portugal and say, you can't make sausage that way? It's already happening. It's called the Codex Alimentarius. Yeah, yeah, you and that. I got to start reading that. Thing. You, you know what? You'll never get through it because it, well, maybe you, because of course you are a chemical engineer and a health inspector and a coin collector and all kinds of incredible <laughs> careers that you've had uh, but it's coin. it's very 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 technical um but they're out they're basically outlawing anything good for you well, or anything like these these classic old recipes, which were designed to keep you from getting yes, sick. Yes, exactly. And, and and Mimi points out, and this is also in the book, which is especially during the Middle Ages, where you'd have one, you know, uh, feudal empire take over another. The first thing they'd do is they'd steal the cooks. Yeah. The cooks would be the first yeah. guys, and they'd have to yeah. work for the new guy. Yeah, good and point. if they poisoned him, he was dead. The cook. <laughs> So, you know, they had so these recipes and these developments, these these procedures for making preserved meat because they didn't have refrigeration and all these things were designed not to make you sick. They were designed to keep, keep you, you alive. Yeah. And, and those processes so are being processes that this guy Santos was using to make this delicious, this delicious linguiça sausage we ate for decades and never got sick. You know, they wanted to mess with it. it actually, it may have been a threat to the public health itself. Yes. Right? Don't you think? Of course. Uh, look, now you're in my camp, you know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I'm just rolling my eyes thinking, yeah, oh, welcome to the world of the of the awakened, John. And if, and anyway, this reminds me of the French who are complaining bitterly, especially the guys who make various kinds of goat cheese. Uh, and if you go to France, anyone goes to the French countryside, the last thing you get at the end of your meal in a, any decent restaurant, or probably every restaurant in France, at least anyone that's a restaurant as opposed to a bistro, is you, they roll out a, uh, usually a platter yep. filled with local cheeses. Yep. 
and they're uh, none of them are broke. It's almost like they just brought them out for you. And there's like within that group, there's always about ten goat cheeses, which are always marked by a funny shape and dusted with and, ash. and a pungent smell. Well, the goat cheeses, yeah. Well, it smells like some of them. Some of them are pretty pungent. Anyway, they have all these goat cheeses, and the way they make the goat cheese in these places is the same thing. They've been doing it, you know, from handing it down from father to son for a reason, and they use a certain, they put the cheese on a certain kind of wood when they cure it, and they do this and they do that, and they have to follow, they follow very closely. Oh, yeah, but these. that wood isn't clean. Oh, no, that can't no, pass No, it was FDA not clean. Standards. So the Brussels inspectors come in there, and they're telling all the goat cheese makers in France to get rid of the wood. They have uh, to use plastic. Oh, of course, with melamine. <laughs> there you go. We're back to the melamine. Nah, it's it's oh, not right. It's just it's just I find it de- de- kind of depressing. The you seem to be, uh, you know, of a mind that they think they can beat the system. See, that's why I was so excited about this uh, about this Italian shop. You'll see because they've got all kinds of sausages and uh, and uh, and all different kinds of cuts of meat. You know, it's and it's real stuff. You know, it's it's not. You know, they they source it themselves. Oh, great. Yeah. No. Oh, I'm sure this is dynamite. You should just shop no place else. That's what I'm, thank you. That's what I was trying to say is, you know, I don't need to go anywhere else. Everything they have there is homemade. They've got jars of stuff of, you know, any, you know, from horseradish that's homemade to you name it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm very excited about it. There, it's you, a gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. There is indeed no reason to go shop anywhere else. Right there is fine. They don't sell I cat know. food. That's about it. They they sell cats. No, food. they do not. They do not. <laughs> they do not. So the thing is, I'm always surprised by people. There'll be somebody that lives in that block that won't shop there because it's oh, no too doubt. rustic or something. Yeah, because they're uh, they're hooked on the shit. It's it's always surprises me that you could be in some neighborhood and you can have like the world's greatest little store and you won't support the store. You'd rather go to, you know, Safeway or something because you just, I don't know, I, I'm just baffling. And I think more people get like that. And even in the country where they should know better, they, they will shop, they won't shop in the appropriate place when they have the opportunity. If you don't have a choice, yeah, great. But when you have a choice and when you have a choice like that little meat market, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And we have the farmers market that comes once a week into the high street. No, that's good. Yeah. So um Formula 1 is in trouble. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's sad. Yeah, they finally really. did the math. I mean, they were just <laughs> losing their pants, and they cost like three three hundred million a year for a team just to just to participate. Yeah, with all costs, pounds by by the way, three hundred million pounds. So Honda's out. Um, who else was out? There was another. Uh, like every team is now saying, "Well, I don't know, man." And then what do you do if you're a Formula One driver and uh, Formula One falls apart? What you know? What do you? What can you really go and do? Nah. NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR. Uh, I want to turn right. I want to turn right. You know, NASCAR is pretty exciting. I don't know if you've ever driven or been in one of those cars or get taken hot laps or anything, but it's pretty Yeah, I, I think I've driven just about every, not Formula One, but I've driven Indy, NASCAR, Formula 2000. Uh, I haven't done Rally. Rally doesn't. Uh, isn't, I always Rally is uh, looks dangerous to me. <laughs> so, so you know, they the guys on Top Gear, which is really probably one of the best auto shows ever. Yeah, you know, they got into a. I guess one of them drove a Formula One car or something. It's it, it, but the, the process of driving a Formula One car is ridiculous. It's like it's not even like driving. It's like every million push buttons. It's like 
computer programming. Well, they also call it, they don't call you a driver, they call you a pilot. You're a Formula it One makes pilot. Makes sense, yeah. 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 The, um, trying to think. I think these guys would like to go into NASCAR because in NASCAR, you know, they do bump each other quite a bit. No, man. No, no, no. These guys like to, I swear to God, if you talk to a Formula One driver, they'll say, no, I like to turn right once in a while. That's what they all say. Yeah, they say that they're moaning and groaning. So what? Oh, you, well, you'd like to turn right where there's a bank? <laughs> no. Or would you like to turn right where there's like, you know, the poor house? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's a good point. IndyCar was cool, though. I, I, I drove IndyCar at Indy. That was cool. How fast did you get it up? Uh, the car it, speed, it, that is. It, did, it didn't have a speedometer, so I really don't know. Oh, <laughs> it didn't have a speedometer. No, you know, it doesn't have a speedometer. Not telling you that. There's no, like, speedometer on the IndyCar. They must have had a, a tack. A tachometer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, was, I was specifically told not to rev more than 10,000. Okay, well then you could have made the calculation, find out what the ratio of the rear end and the and the gear box and yeah, then the, I, I was, the number of RPMs. You could have figured out your speed. Yeah, I was too busy looking at the chicks in pit lane. <laughs> Had no patience for that. But uh, the bailout for the car industry hasn't happened. You know, this is a worldwide thing. This is not just the U.S. They're they're begging uh, they're begging over here too. The car companies. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe if they... Uh... Well, it's really interesting, because he, he, here's what I've seen. So, the, I didn't the, know cars were such a commodity that they were just a one hiccup, and the next thing you know, these guys are all going out of business. Well, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people tied in. You know, they're talking about the supply. So also, if the U.S. companies go down, then the supplies of certain raw materials goes up. So it becomes a real problem for everybody. But, you know, parts and, you know, a lot of different manufacturers in different countries make parts for you know for a lot of auto uh companies so that you know there's a fear that they could go under of course dealerships are huge so i i understand uh where the fear comes from but what's kind of funny is that um the uh the treasury who of course has this this tarp this you know this 700 billion little sliver compared to what they've actually spent of our money and they're saying, no, we don't want to give any of that money to the to the car companies. You know, it's, that's for our friends. You know, you <laughs> go find your own money. We've got our supply <laughs> right here. We're not going to give it to those guys, not to Detroit. No way. Well, we want to keep it here. There was a website that documented the amount of money given to Congress by both the banks and the banking interests and the car companies. And it was like... Something like a hundred times more money came from the banking interest. The there car companies gave, barely gave like a few, you know, anything to Congress because they didn't have a lot of money to give. Bet they're regretting that now. Oh yeah, man, we should have been on. Was it K Street? What is, is that? What it's called? Q no, it's Street Avenue K, whatever. Where all the lobbyists uh, live. Yeah, there's a, I don't know the name of the street, but yeah, there's some street that's notorious. But yeah, no, obviously the whole thing was um, mismanaged. Do you think they're still going to the get some money? They, Do you think they're still going to yeah, get, they're gonna get some money? Yeah, they're going to get some money, but they're going to make them suffer first. You know, if you got you got these guys on the ropes and you're kind of sadists, you know, let's um, let's make them suffer, you know, and then they'll, this will teach them a lesson about not giving us enough money for our campaigns. Uh, let's teach them a lesson and let's make them suffer to the last second. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea, Jim. Okay, <laughs> it's our money, though, dude. 
our money. Yeah. Well, not it's not it's our it was our money. Yeah. You asked me last week about the Lisbon Treaty. Right. Uh, So here's the headline from the Daily Mail. EU leaders agree on bribes to convince Irish voters to vote yes to treaty at second referendum. (laughs) Does that kind of sum it up for you? (laughs) Well, the Daily Mail. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's essentially... So they're going to do another referendum. It's it's like... Yeah, they're going to... No, you do... My experience has always been... always reminds me of a guy who used to be a gas station owner in Niles, California... And uh, as I, or Warm Springs, one of these old little burgs, who used to run for office all the time. And you'd see his name on every ballot. He'd just get soundly whipped mm. because he was a dud. And so one day he ran for the board of the BART thing before they built the BART barrier rapid transit. And, I, and for some reason or other, he got in. And it was just like, and I, my, I mean, whether he was any good as a BART director, I don't know. I can't remember. Probably not. But but the point is, is that he just kept over and over. You keep putting it in there, putting it in there, putting it. In. If you keep, you could if you ran if the Irish re- refused to vote this in twenty times in a row, they they'll try twenty one. They'll 21. do a twenty one. Yeah. This is like you know. Let's flip for it. No, let's do two out of three. No, no, no. Let's do five, three out of five. No, 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 no. Let's, you, if you do this for inf- an infinite period of time, it will get through. It's just is basic corruption. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's why the headline says it all. Bribes, corruption. Thank you. Meanwhile, that that uh, Czech guy, that's going to be funny when he takes over. Because uh, little known fact, uh, the Czech Republic has also not ratified the... Uh, they don't have a referendum, but they haven't ratified it, um, the Lisbon Treaty. And this guy is a very strong uh, opponent, or at least that's the way he's been speaking as of late. And he and he he will become president of the EU very soon, I believe. Well, maybe he'll stave off or push away the uh, you know this the the, the, the grander scheme. Yeah, maybe he'll get EU assassinated. This seems fine to me. No, he's going to get killed. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> Please. You put that. You think by June thirtieth? Yeah, put it down. Put me down for a dead check by June thirtieth. Okay. <laughs> what did you have That's... by June thirtieth? Obama, everybody happy, and I'm saying. Everybody no, happy. I'm saying nobody happy, and uh, we we got a dead dead check. I'm not going to argue. Well, no, actually, I'll argue against a dead check. I think that they, they'll keep him alive. They'll keep him alive. Yeah. Okay. So what they'll do is they'll persuade him to see the error uh, of his ways. The, yeah. I hear that the Saakashvili, the uh, the Georgian prime minister, is getting kicked out, though. It's about time. Yeah. Well, and 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 you know they've all agreed now that yeah we started it. Of course, no one gives a shit. <laughs> they, they all agree that we started it? The Georgians started it, yeah. The, they're, the minister, they're now in the parliament, are saying, well, yeah, we kind of started bombing first. But the Russians were ready for us. So meanwhile, of course, the, I didn't know this, by the way. So meanwhile, our media, nobody picks up on this because we still think Russia's the bad guy in this thing, and they, they just admitted guilt, but nobody cares. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Uh, great. That's what I'm saying. Another moment of enlightenment. Because <laughs> if people followed our show, they would know all this They would this know all this stuff. Yeah, well, that's why we got uh, 200,000 people listening. By the way, well, it's not enough. We need more. And, and we'd like you, yes, you, we'd like you to tell a friend. Turn them on to our show. Give them a copy. Yeah, burn a copy. 
Burn a copy and give it to a friend. Say, listen to these two idiots. Maybe they, they, they're onto something. Yeah. You like wine? <laughs> Here, listen to this. You like wine? You got the right place. You like wine, pepper? You like you like sausage? <laughs> this is the show for you. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're uh, let's see, we have, uh, we have, and by the way, you don't want to give the show to a vegan. No, please. Uh, Bad idea. Uh, you know, uh, or Canadian, apparently. Man, we pissed off a lot of Canadians last week. What from, from what? Well, everyone's like, you don't know shit about Canada. You don't know how it works. This oh, is not how it of went that down. Crazy thing they're doing up there. We don't yeah. know anything. Was well, yeah. That's why we got to Detroit. Let's explain. That's how we got the Detroit Slingbox. Good point. Because that's at, right. Yes. He gets two Canadian channels. He gets the CBC and something else. And we're going to watch Canadian television and catch up. This is how responsible we are as, as two uh, pod podcasters. Yeah, we're actually uh, taking we, time out of our day to get on the crappy-ass sling box, which has been uh, kindly offered to us by uh, a No Agenda listener whose name I'm looking up as we speak. You better keep talking because it Gmail yeah, ain't I'm that sorry. quick. Just, I, I was wondering. I'm still trying to say why you'd call it a crappy-ass device when earlier in the show you, you praised it as a great Well, I, what I'm saying is it's extra effort. It's extra effort. You know, we're, we're, we are taking the effort. Okay, Andrew Thompson. There you go. Yeah. Thank and you, so, Andrew. Anyway, so we have it. We're using his sling box. And by the way, if anybody out there is in some remote part of the world and they have a sling box. Yeah, send us the ID. They, Send us the ID and we'll watch your shows locally yeah. and we'll make some comments about Hell it. Yeah. We don't have, in fact, the new Slingbox software, which is really impressive, by the way, the stuff you can download and anyone, by the way, out there can do this. If you get an account, it actually maintains a database of all the Slingboxes that you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. It's, and so it's you awesome. just go down, right. Yeah. It's great. You so, just go down the list and you click Detroit and boom. I'm yep. on the Detroit Sling Box. Yeah, so we've got... Uh, we need by the, they should be sponsoring this show. There you go. Now, that's that's a good... I'll go after that. Now, let's have Lawrence call him up. Tell him we, they, yeah, the, the we show should, should be sponsored. Mainly because we're using the thing yeah, to do an it. international show. Yeah. we got two one guys in different parts yeah. of the hemisphere. Well, we, are, we, hemisphere. We, are, we are the target audience right there. Well, we're not chicks, but otherwise we're the, the, the perfect target audience for this device. Right. <laughs> And I think a lot of people that listen to the show would probably use it, you know, if they uh, thought about it. It's so, not a cheap device, but it's not expensive. So we now have access to CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, out of Windsor, and uh, something called Global. Or something. I don't know what that yeah. other thing is. Yeah. It's like some station in yeah. Windsor. And I know that you've been watching it because uh, uh, because you left it on Channel 99. Oh, <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> because in it, so I was surfing through right, and I have I uh, also have the software downstairs in the kitchen on Patricia's uh, 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 MacBook, and I'm switching through, and you know it 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 stops on TMZ. Oh man! And then also I you know I, I went to make a cup of tea, and then like the laptop's gone. Patricia's sitting there watching it. You know I can't get it back. She's watching stupid celebrity gossip on TMZ. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. The uh, but anyway, the other device <clears throat> again, although I don't want to just keep giving him all this free publicity, uh, is the sling catcher. Yeah, this is the thing that I need because this is the is the other side of it, right? Then you you hook that up, and then you can put uh, a slingbox stream onto your television. Right. Cool. 
so you don't have to just do everything on the computer. Most, I mean, when the Slingbox first came out, I thought it was kind of a hokey idea. But you know, until I started realizing that, especially with having two different houses, how advantageous yep. it would be, especially since I can't get the local stations up in Seattle on my Dish network because of some legal thing. Yep. And uh, and then when we started, then having used it. And realize how we're actually, it's very powerful. It gives you the, the local stations. It has its own guide. You can change the channels effortlessly. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. So I hope someone made some money on that. Well, I think the guy I've ran, I was doing, I was at a dinner recently and somebody mentioned that the Slingbox founder is a really sharp character. And I, yeah, I'm sure they did. Unfortunately, if it was, if it wasn't for Sarbanes Oxley, a company like that would have gone public, public and they would have made some serious huge. money. Yeah, it would be huge. I agree. Ah well, soon as soon as we get the new uh, the new bandwidth, get it all set up. All right. Meanwhile, I'll check out the one you have hooked up now. Yeah, you should try it, uh, but don't stay on it too long because I have like some pathetic like like three hundred kilobit per second upload or something. It's really fucking sad. Do you have a, a cap? That's just the speed. I, I get a megabit oh. down and 300K speed up. So if you're watching the sling box, it's like, you know, then the, the, the Internet comes falling, crushing to its knees here. Oh, I'll only do it at midnight then. Your time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Any any time after midnight here is no problem at all. All right, good. I'll get mine hooked up in the next week or so. I, I need to find the power supply for the, one of them. <laughs> You know, it helps, I've heard, if you have one of those that putting the power on makes it better. <laughs> it actually works. Yeah. All right, what else happened with you, Ma? I think that's about it. The weather here is actually quite good, but a little chilly. And we had a big full moon, and it's raining up in Seattle, so I'm down here, and uh, not much. So an another weekend at home, huh? Yeah, well, next weekend I'm going up for sure because I'm going to spend the whole week up, you know, for Christmas and. Uh, well, that's in, you know that's kind of interesting. So next weekend, so are you going to uh, call in or when do you want to do it? Uh, I'm leaving on Sunday, so we can do, we'll just do it the regular time, and then the next Saturday I think I'm up there. But I'm going to bring some gear up there, and I'm going to hook up because uh, I got you know here what happened to change is that we had this local provider, but then my son Eric down the hill uh, is sitting on top of a uh, fiber optic. Mm. Cable and so he had, or it's actually there's a string. It's, it's actually strung on the telephone poles, and so he did a deal with the guy who apparently has uh, the legal rights to this fiber, and so he bought a five meg up and down uh, fiber connection, which is straight shot, no sharing. And I think we're actually getting 10, 10 megabits per second fiber. Mm, nice. Uh, and then he sh then he got a one watt. Um, Wi-Fi, a one-watt Wi-Fi directional antenna thing shooting up to my house. Mm. And so I'm picking up, you know, about 100 megabits per second on that network and and then taking the taking the, the, the fiber in. And it is so much faster, even though, you you know, I have a fast connection here on the Comcast, but it, it has that, that there's, it's not like you wouldn't call it a delay. It's just like every once in a while it goes, can you hold on just one second before I give you that data? Because I am a little busy over here. OK, here it comes right. the, with the with the fiber. It's just just wow. Boom. Yeah. 
I love I love the way they market it because I did some research and you look at Virgin Media, which you know we're on the fiber op- we got a fiber a fiber optic network, uh, and they say okay, you get the twenty megabits, it'll take you one point seven seconds to download an MP3 track. I'm like, how, what kind of measurement is that? You know, that's not a Pink Floyd track, okay? And it's like they're taking averages, and but the way they market that is so misleading. I hate that kind of marketing. Yeah, me Why don't too. they just tell you what your megabits per second is going to be? Well, they do. They they do. They say it's the big well, honk Some people don't. Megabits. They just go on with a bunch of, well, you can load a book and so yeah, on, and you can yeah. download a movie in an hour, you know, whatever. <laughs> they even say that with that tone of voice, don't they? Well, you can download a book and <laughs> That's real marketing <laughs> they, for you. Hey, they get, do. get Comcast. The, you can even download MP3 like a minute. That's exactly the voice they use. <laughs> here's one. Here's one, John. Uh, we're not done yet. Goldman predicts oil to hit thirty dollars a barrel. Awkward, <laughs> awkward U-turn after two hundred dollar warning. <laughs> awkward, awkward, awkward U-turn. You should see, you so, should see this picture. Guy, so you have oh, to man. assume once they made this statement that the oil Oil's downturn is over. Over. It's going to shoot up like a rocket. It's well, coming. actually, after they made that statement, that did go up a little bit. You know, a lot of people think it's going to stabilize at thirty. Some people think it's going to stabilize at fifty. When they're ready, when st- they're ready to crush us, as per plan, which will probably be around June twenty fifth, then it's going to skyrocket. I'm not seeing it. Uh, this supply and demand problem. They they got a serious problem. They can't, you know, we cut back on our oil usage and with Obama coming in and pushing all this other stuff, I think oil's got serious problems maintaining these prices. I think it's I think they're probably right about thirty. Right. The guy who's running Iran says that they're planning their whole economy on $30 barrel oil. And the guy from Saudi Arabia came out and said, uh, out in, you know, in one of the, on 60 Minutes last week, he came out and said, well, you know, uh, out, of the, out of the ground, it's costing us two bucks to produce this stuff. I think I, I'm hearing a lot more, but okay. He says two bucks. I'm telling you, you can go look at the 60 Minutes on Hulu. It's like two bucks. He says that's what it costs, and and they have hard to get oil. It's not like their oil is just oozing out like it was in nah, Texas. I, I'm telling you, I got a, a friend of mine works at uh, at a Halliburton company, and and he and it's in oil support services, and he says it's it's really it's twenty bucks a barrel to get it out and onto the container. I'm just telling you what the guy said. Yeah, well, he's full of shit. He's as, a, a as is CBS, why would he lowball himself? I don't know. To to make it sound like to, to, to help continue to bankrupt the Middle East, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like he didn't want to do that. Do you know the but story? Behind, do you know the story behind the uh, the name Ponzi scheme? Just to bring this show for full circle. A, problem, a guy named Ponzi. Yeah, yeah, Charles Ponzi. Yeah, and uh, his original Ponzi scheme in 1920. Estimated loss ten million dollars, and it was the same thing. You just you know, right? That's what a lot of people think. A lot of these multi-level marketing things are Ponzi schemes of some sort. I don't see it as. A, I think that's a misnomer when you call an MLM a Ponzi scheme. That's not true. It is when your when your orientation is more to selling franchises than it is to selling products. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. 
And I have run into those. You know, it's like, you know, uh, just sell it. You want to sell product? No, no, you should sell more people to be under your umbrella and then they under yours. And and they've had to actually change a bunch of, they've actually had laws against overdoing that. So you can't have a huge, you know, pyramid schemes, the other word for it. That's, yeah, that's the word, right. They changed the, uh, the law so the pyramid can only go so far. You can't have an infinite pyramid, which is how you, you know, you made the big bucks. Right. Nor can you have an infinite bubble, which is exactly what happened here. Right, or an infinite Ponzi scheme. Yeah. But the fact that it could take it to 50 billion, that's amazing. And for so many years. 40. Just based on reputation, I guess. Yeah, no, that shows you what reputation can do for you. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can mean, see I'm it. I'm saying the reputation. I mean, people who thought highly of his reputation got, you know, were were mistaken. There was a bunch of. I've gotten a couple of papers from people uh, that that show that this guy was under suspicion like a decade ago because there there were these writers that would come and say, "I don't know how." How does he do, do it? This and, yeah, how does he do you know, it? It can't be done. And then they always have him quoted at the end. Say, "Well, you know, a lot of people don't take it into consideration that I'm a great trader and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe when you realize that, you'll see how I did it." Yeah. Well, so we'll be talking about this guy, and it'll be and it's great, and it makes fantastic headlines. And meanwhile, eight point four trillion dollars has been stolen from us by Goldman Sachs, effectively. By extent, hey. by extension, uh, with Paulson, by extension, stolen, yeah. just stolen. Well, you know, oh, yeah, you don't care. I do care. I wish I was working for him. <laughs> uh John, would a lot of money make you happy? No, but it would allow me some time to go uh, you know float around uh, Europe more. I mean, I have to work all the time or I'm always around here podcasting or doing something trying to clean the office, fixing things. It's ridiculous. When's the last time you moved? I haven't moved. Well, we well, we've had we have different properties and I haven't moved from this house for like <sighs> 15 years it's which time. is a long i think it's time it's yeah it's well it's well beyond time but the problem that we have and we have the same problem with the port angeles house is that if you don't follow the every move every four years move and move and move you, you fall start off the to ladder accumulate so much yeah. crap <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, what do i i mean it's like a nightmare yeah well th- that's us man this is four years it's time to move we're done and it, feel, it feels great. It's exciting. I really like it. We enjoy moving. I mean, the actual process kind of sucks, but, uh, you know, the throwing out, the reboot, it's cool. I like it. You know, there's a lot of yeah, bill, a lot of bills you don't have to change. You know, you just don't, don't tell them and you don't more, see them anymore. <laughs> more power to you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's like junk mail ends for a while. I like that. That's kind of cool. So. You should, you should consider it. It's a buyer's market, I hear. I'm trying to go. Well, I'm going to wait for the market. This I, I know what the the market works in a wave anyway. So you have a. Uh, you were telling you, know, you were telling me half a year ago. Now is the time to buy. Yeah, no. Now is the time to buy, but now is not the time to sell. Uh, That's true. the difference. Yeah, true. So what I want to do is I want to get into the California is going to make a comeback probably in that same June period that we're talking about next year. California properties prices should stabilize and start to go up to the point where I can sell at a at a decent amount of money that I need to sell at. And but it's but it will not have happened in other parts of the country, namely Washington State or some of these other places, because because everything you know happens one you know it, it happens in bulges, and so I should be able to get the timing just right to get out. 
and then get in within a good time to sell, good time to buy. It's just like a straddle. And where are you going to go? Washington. Oh, you want to go live there? You just want to sell this place and sell up and be gone? I want to get out of California because I think this place is uh, it's doomed. I mean, well, I think it's bankrupt. You, you know, gonna, bankrupt. They got no gonna, money. They're going to stick it to us. Yeah, probably on. Uh, oh, I know. Um, capital gains on house sales. That's how they'll stick it to you. Well, they're not going to get away with that, but the uh, they're going to stick it to us in other ways. They're going to have a value added tax. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. And then they're going to do two or three other things. They're going to raise property value, property uh, uh, taxes, and all you know everything they can do. Oh, that, you know, that's really funny. The the big uh, stimulus package here in the United Kingdom was uh, the reduction of the value-added tax from 17.5% to 15%, which is a, is a huge amount. Um, but what's interesting, what they don't tell you, is that on the very same day uh, that they lowered the VAT tax, they increased the alcohol, the liquor tax, by 8%. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no one wrote a single line about it. It's like booze is eight percent more expensive, but everyone's talking about oh, they lowered the VAT by two and a half, giving you a net five and a half point five increase on the number one um, substance the Brits put into their bodies. <laughs> they like to drink over there. Yeah, yeah, they do. But it's cool, man. We got like five pubs in our neighborhood. I, I got to find my local. Got to find yeah, out. Find yeah, find a good one. Make sure they have Adnans. That's kind of one of the keys. Uh, a beer? Yeah, A-D-N-A-N-S. Adnans. Adnans uh, Ale. Okay. Is, is considered... How about just a nice atmosphere and cool people? Oh, I should be if looking at only If they have the Adnans, they'll have the rest will come with it. <laughs> cool people come included with the deal. Yeah, you watch. All right, I'm going to send you a link, John, and we should talk about it next week. Uh, it's from a uh, a Colorado... What's the university up there in Colorado? University of Colorado Buffaloes. How about Boulder? Boulder, Boulder. What's in Boulder? It's in Boulder, yeah. Okay. So So they pronounce it up there, Boulder. Boulder. It's a a university professor in in his classroom, and it's about 20 minutes. And he's talking about, and and he's, he's kind of an old kook, which is obviously why I liked him. And he's talking about the, um, inability of human beings to understand the concept of exponential growth and he goes through a whole number of examples how exponential growth works and then he draws parallels between global population and uh, oil use and and it's kind of like the old story if you saved a penny a day every single day you know you'd be a millionaire or like you'd have a hundred million within 20 years or whatever with compounded interest and it's quite frightening when uh, you know when you see the numbers on so and forget about you know basically the numbers double you know every ten years like the population is you know it, and it goes very very quickly and then when you you get exponential growth this this hockey stick curve that just goes straight up after a certain point and what he's basically saying is where it's two minutes to twelve and the next you know the next doubling of everything is essentially going to kill us <laughs> and what he goes into. Is he literally says here are the options? Uh, war, disease. <laughs> he's just going through. He's going through the, all the all famine. the options. Yeah, famine. Exactly. Yeah, those are the classics. And uh, I, I, well, I mean, so you you obviously know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is not just nutball stuff. This is kind of realistic. Yeah, that's been discussed a lot. In that's fact, probably more or less true. Well, uh, Carter used it. Carter tried to explain 
um, uh, the, the, how um, exponential growth works. And he was right. You know, he said we'll we'll have tapped out our resources in in four decades from now. Yeah, and then, and then, I mean, it's, and even an even if you find so even if you find and... two more huge oil fields like Alaska and um, what is it, uh, Indonesia or whatever. You know, we got there's a there's a whopper. You know what? The one no one wants to talk about because it would like change everybody's attitude. There's a whopper sitting underneath Nebraska as big as Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but it, it, but this is the whole point. It doesn't matter when you're looking at these exponential numbers where usage increases continuously at like six percent per year. Of course, that's yeah, I know, changed too much, a little bit. Too much to handle. You know, it pop, apparently you know our pop the population. What he was saying is the population growth of Boulder is at three percent. No, was it six percent? And they brought it down like four point eight percent. And his point was that we actually send humanitarian aid into countries that have a population growth over two percent because it, it can actually it can kill you within you know you you wind up very quickly at the end of that curve with you know you each got a, a square meter and that's it <laughs> now, i'm gonna send you that link i looked at it and i was just like wow this is freaking me out yeah send it i'll blog it and then we'll talk about it next week that's a good idea because uh, if that if that if it really holds true, and the, the numbers certainly make sense, but if the, the underlying data he's comparing it to, if it makes sense, then shit, man, who cares? Don't pay your mortgage, don't move, just hang out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fucking not happening out. tomorrow. Well, it's it, it could be, it's a lot of this could be in our lifetime. Twenty thirty five. Nihilist. Twenty nihilist. What's that? N i h. Look it up. No, no. Explain it's it. It's a person who just has a gloomy outlook. Yeah. Oh, you mean a realist? I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood you. A nihilist. <laughs> realist. That's what a, that's what a nihilist would say. Exactly. Well, that's me. I'm going to get business cards printed up. Yeah, use it as your title, nihilist. How do I spell it? N i h I think n i h i l i s t I think n i h l i l i s t I think as in annihilation. Well, I wasn't thinking in those terms, but maybe there's a root there. Okay. All right, John. Well, good talking to you. As usual. Yes. And, uh, well, coming to you from Gitmo Nation East over here in the United Kingdom, where climate change is indeed in effect, it's getting colder. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in Silicon Valley North, Gitmo Nation, USA. And uh, it's getting, it's kind of warm here, but it's cold every place else, so I don't know. We'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.